0: Hi, I'm Sean Hanif and you're listening to Life of an Entrepreneur. Yo, what's going on? So, welcome back to the podcast. Um, this episode it's going to be a bit fun for for me to record and also for you guys to listen to. Because the truth is, um, from all the feedback and what everyone's been saying, I guess just being transparent about my business is actually something that everybody has enjoyed. So you know what? In this episode, I want to be taking you through my actual GemFlow strategy. Obviously, some of you should know I raised eleven million dollars. I have a business with about sixty odd people. We are, essentially we help you know creators of the world, the influence of the world, create their own brands and pretty much do build businesses in a whole different way. Um, so in this episode, I'm going to be taking you through what my plan is, what my actual strategy is, and how I'm trying to deploy that. Another reason I want to record this is because I will love to look back at it, see how much did I get wrong, what, did I, what was I thinking almost like a year ago. It would be a great retrospective for myself. Um, that being said, if you don't know who I am, my name is Sean. I am the founder and CEO of a company named Genflow. Um, Feel free to check us out, jumpflow.com. But I think just a bit about me, I've kind of been a hustler entrepreneur since I was young, I've uh, been selling things online pretty much since eBay and Amazon began and kind of just took that on um, a journey doing lots of online businesses, decided to go to university. I studied accounting. I worked in an accounting firm, I actually qualified as an accountant, decided to leave instead of my own business. I'm kind of like five, six years in now. Learned a lot of stuff Um, and this podcast is pretty much me giving it to you guys pretty much just raw um, What I'm going through physically, mentally, emotionally and at the same time kind kind of stuff that I'm working on I actually really enjoy recording this so hopefully you'll enjoy listening to it With that being said, let's get straight into it So I think what I'll say is that if you grab a notepad, I want you guys to try something so Open notes, Asana, Evernote, Trello, whatever your way of making notes is, because as I take you through my strategy, what I would love for you guys to do is kind of think about how that resonates for your business, for your personal life and how you can almost do something that will benefit you in a similar fashion, because when I take you through the strategy, I'm going to be telling you about what I'm trying to achieve and why and how. And when you kind of hear my thinking it would be great for me if that triggers some thinking in your mind to get something done for yourself. I truly believe you—you you don't need a mentor. You don't need to be listening to how someone else did it and trying to reapply that to your business. I think that's a mistake a lot of people make. And then before we actually jump into it, I like let me just go a bit deeper. So when I was um. I think about 2016, 17, when I first started, I was fascinated with, like, I need to speak to people that have done this before. Surely I can't be the first person building an agency. I need to get advice. I need a mentor. I reached out to a lot of people. I ended up speaking to, I would say, three, four people um, uh, at once that had different skills not only did I think I need a mentor, I, I thought I need to be mentored in different capacities. Like I wanted someone to teach me how to make consumer products, so I ended up reaching out to this guy who built um, the Nike running app, the Nike Plus app, which a lot of you should know about. And I went and started meeting him too, and I would take him my ideas, and he would, you know, spend 15, 20 minutes, an hour maximum, with me at times to go through my designs and give like feedback. Similarly, I started speaking to someone who, um, I guess, had built a advertising-spaced business and knew a lot about impressions and all that stuff. And I started meeting him regularly to be like, okay, let me get advice from him. In a way, yep, it's a great thing to do because, you know, you are expanding your, your mind and everything else. But at the same time, what I found was that the advice that you'll get is so skewed to that person's own experience and own uh, circumstances that's not really that relatable um, and because what I was trying to do see the mistake was that I was trying to say okay so you're telling me in the Nike app you guys did this and this worked I was trying to come home and reapply that same thing I know it probably sounds a bit dumb but that I was doing that but I think that's what you naturally start to believe because you like you hear something that worked so if i told you i emailed a thousand influencers and sign five i know a lot of people that follow me actually want to kind of create a similarish business to Genflow, whether it's an agency or they're dealing with influencers because it sounds fun you think the same thing will work for you but the truth is that it won't and the reason is because the markets moved on when i was sending cold emails i was like a fresh of breath air in people's inboxes now they get 75 cold emails a day so you got to think different it's not going to work the same tactic similarly you know the things that he was telling me about the Nike app I tried to like add that to my app at the time which was the athlete app and it just wasn't going to work so I guess in hindsight coming back to I guess get your notepad out listen to what I'm going to say and at the same time trying to realize what is it I'm trying to achieve and what the tactic is and then how can you deploy a similar thing. So what I would love is when you hear something from me, you write down your own version of that in that immediate moment um, instead of trying to like think the same thing is going to work. I guess just just to kind of complete the point, so today I I have nobody that I kind of speak to in that manner, I look up to in that manner um, because I truly believe executing yourself the value and the things that you see is something else because it relates to your business. Yeah, do I, do I read online? Yes, I do. You know, I listen to I, I listen to books, audio books. I love listening to other people's experiences, but I'm smart enough to be like, okay, you've told me your story. Let me realize the learnings from that. Let me sit and process that and let me try to figure out how do I then implement that in my circumstance, in my business life, whatever that is. Um, I'll give you a quick, um, I guess a quick example I was listening to, um, there's a book by 50 Cent called um, Hustle Smart and Hustle Harder, I believe that's the name In a chapter he was talking about perception He he was talking about this idea of um, essentially everything you do Like your perception is how people almost like judge you And he was going through things like when he meets the person for the first time from what they're wearing as much as you shouldn't judge people you can't help yourself to be like okay he's come to the meeting dressed like this maybe he didn't pay enough attention or he doesn't care enough or whatever else it was really fascinating to hear that someone at his level is literally like switched on in that way that they're analysing every single thing that happens I do the same so you know for example if I get on a phone call with a client and I realise that they're unprepared I realised That, you know, it's just like, oh, hey, how's it going? They have no real agenda. They have not really bought any points to discuss. It's really bad signals because it shows that they're not really that switched on when it comes to getting stuff done, their business. Are they really focused? I even do that with employees on meetings. So it was a great thing because as he talked about his perception, and what he's found, I immediately started thinking about that's very interesting because I need to probably go deeper in like, analyzing people and things around me when I'm in certain situations so I guess that's the way I use that just a practical example but that being said let's get into it so as you know I raised um, 11 million I had a plan obviously that you raised the money for I've discussed that I guess in the first episode Um, this is obviously episode number four and um, so you know right from the top 11 million how am I going to spend it what's the strategy before we get into detail I'll top line it for you so number one is that we want to grow our current clients so for us that is obviously the clients and their brands that's our strategy the first thing is what can we do as a company to help facilitate that growth so you know if a business has done one million dollars last year in revenue how can it do three million this year so the second one um part of our strategy is essentially us growing our Genflow brand you know, what's, uh, what's fascinating is that to date, I've spent 50,000 on marketing. We've never done anything to grow our brand. Like, what does GenFlow mean? We do some Instagram posts, um, which some of you may have seen, uh, but that's pretty much it. And I do some things on my personal brand. So I'm gonna really exp- explain our GenFlow brand, our marketing strategy. The third part of my strategy this year is um, deploying a growth team. So we don't have any salespeople in the business. We've never tried to actively get clients Besides some small mini sprints of maybe sending some emails or, you know, through our network, through referrals, through agencies, it happens. But we've never really been like, okay, let's go on the offense. Let's see what happens if we go to the world saying, this is Genflow, this is what we can do, this is what we've done, what will happen. So that's quite exciting. And I guess the fourth thing is our tech, what we're looking to do there, because obviously we are a tech business. There's a lot that we're developing. And I guess last part of my strategy, Genflow strategy this year is international growth. That... How do we um, scale into new territories? Because there's just so many potential people everywhere. Just so you know, there's 12 million people on Instagram alone with more than a million following. The market is so big that we've not even just got started. So yeah, I guess top line, that's actually the strategy. That is my plan this year. What are we going to do here at GemFlow? We're going to grow our clients. We're going to grow our brand. We're going to put a team in place to get more clients. We're going to keep developing our tech and then we're going to grow internationally. So with that being said, let me get into a bit more detail because I think some of this stuff is very interesting in like the way I guess I'm going to try to get it done. So the growing current clients is something that probably will resonate to almost every person listening that is involved in the business, has a business, anything of sorts. Because fundamentally to grow a business, you need to be metrics driven. So most people that message me or generally in business, you will be struggling to get clients, you'll be struggling to get customers, you'll be trying to struggling to kinda like figure out what is your next move. And what a lot of people do is so we have this in the business. So let's say if for whatever reason one of our brands had a bad month, your natural reaction is that you're trying to figure out, you know, what more you can do to drive more sales immediately. You'll be like, you know, should we do a sale? Shall we do a collaboration with somebody maybe i need to spend more on marketing but the mistake that most people make is that they actually never look within and never look at the actual data and what that suggests because what you think is one thing to what the numbers suggest so what i do what we do here at gemflow is you know for, for me to be able to grow our current clients we have a metrics approach so what that means is for every single client we track all the main metrics for a business so what i mean by that is Obviously, we, we delve in e-commerce and, you know, direct-to-consumer and online businesses. So that means you are tracking everything from the very top. So this is what we do. We track, firstly, social media metrics, that how many followers went up, like, day by day, um, how much each post, what were, how many impressions, how many likes, how many saves, how many sends, how many comments what happened on the post that was posted like the day before, what happened on the, obviously I'm talking about Instagram here, on the Instagram profile, people never look at this number, which I'm fascinated with, it's like views on the profile. And you'll be fascinated to see that it'll be, for most people, it's like a ginormous number. These are people that are checking your profile out, essentially, and it tells you that number. But then if you look at that, and then you start looking at how many people followed you, and then how many people click the link in your bio, all of a sudden you have a conversion rate. So you have a conversion of profile view to follow, profile view to click the link. And nobody, and I mean nobody, even super successful influencers that we work with, actually don't analyze data in that way. So if you have a business, this is what the first thing you should be doing. So this is what we do for clients now. And it's absolutely amazing because you can then start optimizing it, right? So you can look at it and be like, maybe I'll change my bio and then will people follow? And what we have found is, you know, I'll give it away, is that if you have a a bio which basically says the point of view, if it says, you know, I like to teach people music and I share lots of free content about that, it's very succinct that, oh, yeah, this is actually like, I want to learn about music. This guy looks cool enough. I'll follow him. It's, but most people will put like, you know, it's, it's more like some cool saying that they like to say, and then they'll have like, you know, some other stuff, their star sign or whatever else. Like people try to define their own profile and to forget that that's actually your sales page. That's actually you selling to the world why you should follow them. So it's just a different way of thinking. So that's what we do. So, you know, going back to what we're tracking, we track that very similar on YouTube. How many subscribers, views, um, comments and the rest. And then the second layer of that is the website, right? Because as a business, that's your external website is how we refer to it, which is your social media. But then your actual e-commerce page is your website where people are going to buy stuff. Then it's about how many people came on the website. Where did they come from? How long did they spend? We like using um, like uh, heat maps and screen recordings to understand what people did on that website when they landed. So, you know, this is what, what I mean by growing our brands is about really getting into the data. Even if you have less people, it's still going to show you something because for us, actually, I, 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 to, to be honest, we have huge Instagram influencers that we work with, you know, like one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight million followers. But at times they've bought more traffic from Facebook because someone shared their post within a Facebook group. But, you know, like the clients, they would be oblivious to that because there's no way of you knowing that unless you sit and look at the data, which means that, hmm, what content was that? Can we make more of that if people like sharing it on Facebook? So once you start really getting into it, you know, I guess hopefully what you're understanding from it is that you start to see where the problems are. And that then leads you to be like, okay, how do I fix that problem? So in an example of, let's say, you know, uh, we have, uh, we had people come for a website and um, they're coming on the website, but then they're not buying. You'll start to see, right? that Okay. We had 15,000 people come to the website and they didn't purchase. What happened then is a the second case of optimization begins, I guess is that once you have the metrics, once you've seen the data, then you can start making action points for you to do. One of them could be then, let's update the website, let's change the copy, maybe the price is wrong. But so I guess for me, to grow our brands this year, the strategy is to just go deeper and deeper into data. I'm currently hiring data analysts who, um, I guess, specialize in this, just so our data obviously across clients is getting larger and larger, That's getting harder to analyze. And I am building a system internally in the company that i want to be notified not myself but like the teams the relevant teams need to be notified when a certain metric is off almost like an alarm so you know if a certain brand's traffic died in a week there should be an alarm ringing somewhere in in our company and it's someone's job to pick that up and be like oh shit, i need to do something about this um that's the level of like detail you need when you are trying to figure out how to grow your business So the truth is, every business, what I've just explained obviously, is very relevant to what I'm doing. But everyone has some data they need to be looking at to make those decisions, instead of clutching to random things you can do, which is great. What I call that is like the fluff. You know, it's amazing to do lots of fluffy things around your business, which will help you. But the core of it has to be driven by the data, the core of it has to you look at the data and then you figure out what is the next KPI, the next action point we must do to figure things out. And I think that sole focus is one of the reasons we've taken brands from 100,000. So we have one in particular, which is an amazing story. In 2018, they did 100,000. In 2019, they did 800,000. In 2020, they've done 1.4 million. And now this year, hopefully, it should be like 2 million plus. Yeah. But that growth has happened not by chance. You have to really meticulously work on it to figure that out, because, yes, what happens is at some point, your traffic will cap and then you got to work out the content must, needs to change. The brand positioning needs to change. Maybe the physical branding itself needs to change because we have stopped attracting people because the truth is the market matures. We've I've noticed that obviously I've been in business for years now and brands that we work with have been in business for years. So you actually have to innovate the branding, the messaging and everything, because the audience is getting older and changing, especially on social media, faster than anywhere else. That same person that was loving your brand in one year could have got married and had a baby. And now there's a whole different person. Essentially, the brand no longer relates. So we do a lot of work now in terms of like changing branding and messaging alongside um, the growth of the brand. Um, so a lot of the stuff you have to look at but I think just to give you a bit of real life example of like metrics and how it can really really make a difference if you're looking at the data in that way so I'm going to take you back to 2017 and um, it was a tough time for the business you know there we were. There was a couple of months where I was very very tight on cash it was looking like can I really pay the employees this month it was stressful as you can imagine um, running a business I'm sure some of you probably have had a similar thing and, you know, in those moments, it makes make it's like a, either makes you as a person or it breaks you because it was stressful. You know, I was sleeping, everything else, knowing that, shit, we got to make money somehow. I was tempted to start doing whatever it took to make the money, meaning that should we start doing services we've never done before? You know, I was like, shall I start, like, consulting for businesses? Shall I just start doing other things because influencer thing is taking time, whatever else. But actually, the way I kind of, like, resolve the situation is by looking at the numbers so i'll give you a, a full detailed example so we had a client named andre du i think now he has four million on instagram i think at that time he probably had less than a million definitely so we had a website obviously he he was he he had a brand he was selling digital fitness programs and uh, essentially we were getting a lot of traffic and it was like it looked like it wasn't performing as it should do And I started looking at, like, why that is. And um, naturally, first, I clutched to, like, let's do a sale, let's do other things. I even, that that was the time when I was also speaking to my advisors for advice, mentors, whatever you want to call them. And, you know, like, I I kind of floated the thing as well. They were like, oh, maybe it's just, like, the product, maybe it's the positioning. And I knew in my mind that, no, the product is fine. Because essentially, he was selling, like, this is how I exercise. Everybody follows him to look at his physique. And they want to know how he exercises it has to work like it's to me it seemed like it can't be the product because the product is resonating with people clearly there's some other issue here and um, so when i looked at the data what i found was that people from the website were sorry people from his social media were going to the website and not converting but when i sat and really looked at it, what i realized was actually that see on social media he would be like he, he puts a workout picture up or a video and he's like, cool, get my training program and include so-and-so. They swipe up, they go to the website, but the website doesn't carry that narrative along. It doesn't carry that story. So when you ran on the website, it's just like, hey, I'm this guy, blah, blah, blah. It almost starts again. And like, And I was like, so what I did was I basically sat as a layman user and tried to analyze it that, look, I'm just a normal guy that's following him. I come across his post you know, um, I like his content after weeks and weeks of absorb absorbing his content. Most likely I'll be now warm enough, intrigued enough to be like, I wonder how he exercises. OK, I'm going to click the link in his bio. When I go there, it has to then continue from that moment. So then I changed it, essentially. So I had the traditional website, which I think 99% of businesses follow. You will have a home page. You'll have, um, you know, then an about page, a product page and that kind of the normal journey of a website. So I completely flipped that to make it a continuous journey. So when you land on the homepage, it's, you know, um, essentially saying that how he has been training, what he actually does, you can buy it below. And detail what they're actually going to receive and the buy button's right there. My goal was to try to make it as seamless as possible that I felt like the selling has already happened on Instagram. Now we just need to get people to convert and we're going to make it as fast as possible. So pretty much within five seconds, you should be able to find the buy button. You should be able to find why you should buy this and it should resonate and almost use the same words and type type phrases that he naturally uses on Instagram. So it's just so feels like an extension of it. So essentially I did that and it completely changed the, the conversion rate and we started to sell. I deployed this across all clients. And before I knew it, I guess I, uh, I remember we were cash positive enough that everything was good. I actually started hiring people and the business started to move ahead. But that was all down to that level of thinking, metrics driven, understanding of what's going on. No one else can help your business or what you're trying to do if you can't solve it. If I'm completely honest, I truly believe this, that if you can't solve your own problems, you're not really cut out to be an entrepreneur. You're not really cut out to have your own business. That's the harsh truth that people won't out loud say. But most people don't have it in them to be able to solve something to that degree, to truly solve it and get a result. And you do it all by yourself. And that is your own thinking. And once you know you can do that, that's almost like becomes your superpower. Because right now, I know almost anything that's going wrong. If I was to put my full attention on it, I 100% think I can solve it. Even if that's something very complex and it's out of my remit, I like to think I can solve it. You know, that's true even today. I'll jump into a meeting with developers where they're discussing like the architectural design of of, like uh, the infrastructure of how are we using AWS and whatever else. I feel like if if I sit in that meeting, I can get all the facts and and in most cases, actually steer people to figuring out what we need to do. One of my biggest skills I've learned to date, and it's something that I would say if anyone develops a skill to have to find success in business, is being able to look at all the things that need to happen and understand them enough. And then be able to clearly simplify that for everybody involved to be like, this is what we need to do. Because in a chaos moment, which in business is most of the time, um, that's one of the hardest skills to do. Getting overwhelmed, not really knowing which path to go down. So And, you know, we have this for our clients. So you can imagine like we have GemFlow, but then I have this for every single one of our clients and all of the clients are, like that are doing well. There's so much going on that I often jump into that client to the exact same thing to be like, right, we got... 80,000 units in production. We have nine SKUs launching next week. We are filming two campaigns. We're spending 50,000 on ads. Like, so all this activity is happening and I jump in to be like, right, okay, let's just focus. Let's just make sure we're doing the right things. We're focusing on the main KPIs. We're pushing ahead and let's not, not get sidetracked from the data and what we're trying to do. So I guess, look, point one on my strategy, is to grow our brands, that's how we're gonna grow them. Hopefully, time will tell, you know, feels like we've done well in the last few years. However, I do have a new challenge on my hands and it's gonna be exciting. It's obviously growing something to a few million a year, five million a year, how to grow something to 20 million a year is my next personal challenge, right? Not my business, I'm talking about one of our brands. I have two challenges, right? I have a challenge of growing GenFlow, then I have a challenge of growing the brands that we, clients that we work with, so it's a double challenge. But to do this as well, part of my strategy is actually hiring good quality people. So what the funding is allowing us to do, which is a blessing, is that I can go now and hire people with experience from other direct-to-consumer businesses that can bring that experience, adapt to GenFlow, and hopefully we'll learn from there. One of the things we're doing is I'm hiring a COO, a CMO, who are very, very experienced. I'm currently interviewing a bunch, and, um, you know, so far we've had people from, Nike, Boohoo, you know, uh, Made.com, just top, top companies who have essentially scaled businesses from, you know, a few million to hundreds of million. And I'm trying to bring them into the company to learn from them, myself, and at the same time, they can deploy their experience within the company. So in every single area, we are hiring hiring experienced people to be able to uh, build those brands. Um, So I guess that's my my strategy. It doesn't cost a lot of money. So I would say... The 11 million funding, like a large chunk of it's going on personnel because people really a business is just people and a strategy that you can deploy to a cer- certain uh, circumstance that you're currently seeing in the market. That's literally it. That's how business works, right? If you have the right people, right strategy and you deploy that to a particular circumstance that you're seeing in the market, essentially you'll find success. So I feel like with better people, we'll have a better chance. And it's hence why I'm spending most of my money on bringing people in. Another thing I've learned from experience is that basically when you put good people together, is the old saying, but the truth is, yes, people find better ways and new revenue streams and everything. It just organically happens, which is also um, something I'm excited about. I guess moving on from there, my second thing is uh, this year, my strategy is that we're going to grow the Gemflow brand. And I'll tell you a bit of our vision. I want a Gemflow to become the brand that educates all the entrepreneurs in the world. That's the vision there. So we want to build Gemflow's brand to have real meaning and a real say. It's a bit of a wider approach. Of course, we can build a brand that says we help influencers. We can build your brand and very direct. Or we can take a wider brand building approach, which will serve us better in the long run. That's the approach that we're going down is because we don't need our brand to be like sales focused. We need it to be brand building focused. We need to, you know, empower. I want to empower somebody that comes across GemFlow and its content to want to be an entrepreneur who's always dreamed about it and watches our content, listens to our podcasts, reads our articles, watches our shows and is like, okay, I want to be an entrepreneur. But then they should also realize that the right way to be an entrepreneur is doing it audience first, right? It's the thing that I always talk about. You know, side note, what I absolutely love is for people that are listening to the podcast, some of them, when I interview, they say to me literally, oh, I love this audience first approach. In applications, people literally write to me now saying that, oh, like, you know, I really like this audience first approach that you discuss It makes so much sense, which is great to hear because it is the fundamental best way to launch a business. And um, so you know, I want people to watch our content and be like, I want to be an entrepreneur, but first I need to go and get myself an audience. And this is how I'm going to do it. Then I want Genflow to be the one teaching them how you build that audience, and then go ahead one day and launch a business. um, And they want to work with Genflow. Fundamentally, I want every kid in the world to dream to work with Genflow one day, Because if they do, it means that we will be able to launch their business and I guess help them become successful in whatever they want to do in some fashion. So, you know, that's the overall thing. So obviously a lot to do there. So what I'm currently doing is hiring a Gemflow marketing team, which is going to be obviously a bunch of people. Our focus is going to be full doing campaigns every single month, doing social media, all the different social media platforms from Clubhouse, LinkedIn, TikTok, etc. So I'm currently in the full process of hiring the team out. I think I've hired a social media manager. I've hired a campaign manager and I've got other hires um, on the pipeline. It will take some time as much as I would love to be doing this right this moment in time. Obviously, I'm recording this in March. I think it'll probably take us three months to assemble the team and then get going. So I think later this year, the Gemflow brand will really start to hopefully flourish. And um, so, yeah, that's my strategy number two. Moving on to number three um, is the our growth. So what I mean by that is um, to date, when I started the company, I sent, I sent, I emailed about a thousand influencers, from which five said yes and we started the business. And since then, you know, we've, we worked with a lot with agencies. These are your traditional talent agencies. We work with them to, I guess, work with some of the talent to launch businesses. or oh, we just go direct, you know, referral. some cold outreach has happened, a lot of inbound, a lot of referrals from current clients. That's how we kind of like managed to grow to date. But now it's time to grow. So I think as of last night, actually, we had a a head of growth um, who's accepted. He's absolutely amazing, dude. Can't wait for him to begin. Um, And pretty much building a whole team of uh, growth focused people. We've had someone else join as well from Carla Otter, which is a really huge agency. She's moved over to us. Um, Essentially building a growth team to go out to the market. This is the year we are going to go on the offense. I would say again Q two to three, possibly Q3 this year is going to be like full, full growth mode that we are sourcing influencers. We're going after them. We are emailing every single day under obviously our head of growth. I'm building going to be building like a mini growth team, which are people sitting, you know, we're looking to hire people. And if you're one of is this, if this is you get in touch that if you know Gen Z, if you know YouTube, Instagram, if you know who's popping, who's not. That's the people we want for for this role because it's, it's a sense, skill, being so engrossed in social media that you know that this guy named Jack on TikTok is killing it and he's going to blow up. We need to work with him. So talent spotting, looking at analytics, figuring out what they do. So basically, this year we're about to go on the offense. So hopefully, obviously, with the funding and everything else, it's really going to help us. You know, imagine the brand is big and we're doing the push on growth. It will go really hand in hand. You know, imagine we send a message to somebody. My dream would be we send a message to somebody and they're like, hmm, GemFlow, not heard of them. They Google us and they're like, oh, shit, look at all this cool stuff. They go into our Instagram and hopefully we want 100,000 followers. And they're like, oh, what a cool page. They click one of our videos or they click and listen to the podcast or they find some of my content or the team's content. That's the dream. Because then they'll be so engrossed in it that how can you not want to meet us? Um, So that's what I'm trying to achieve. You always need to know, I guess, the goal in your mind of where you see. So if we could be at that point at the end of this year, it'll be an amazing place to be that we have a a public brand out there. We're fundamentally pitching and hunting clients going on the offense and essentially just not stopping. And that's my dream um, for this year. I think moving on to my number four, my general strategy this year is actually tech. So some of you probably know this, but essentially we built our own tech platform back in 2016. It was the thing to do at that time just because we focused on digital content. Shopify and all these guys didn't. They still kind of don't in reality that if you want to like have a mobile app, it's impossible in Shopify. You have to build a separate API you have to connect it. And there's like a bunch of stuff you can. You can do membership websites and stuff now. There's a bunch of platforms that are out. Um, but Essentially, we started building our own. It's actually amazing that we did. Hence, why my company is valued so much, because fundamentally, you will always own, you know, the the architecture that is delivering something which has then value. Um, so, you know, it's uh, it's been. Um, so, the goal for this year is to essentially just enhance the tech. We want to run the whole company via tech. So, internally, right now, there are some things that are a bit more manual. That essentially we're hiring a team for to further develop out. So it becomes very autonomous that, you know, there's no manual needed teams can almost function without interacting with other teams. Teams internationally will be able to do things without without really needing someone to show them. What I've realized is that how you truly build a process or truly fix a problem is actually building like a solution for it from a technological point of view. So you know, if people are like making some mistake, if you build that in a software capacity, it will just stop it because you're forced to use it in a certain way. So, you know, imagine you click a drop down. There's only so many options and you have to go through that way. It's impossible for someone to physically type and make a mistake. So, you know, we were quite fascinated with that. Number two on the tech side is actually our genetics platform looking at data. For Some of you don't know. We've been working on our analytics trying to understand. Can we look at an influencer's data? And can we you look at that and compare it to the data of current influencers and the sales to try to predict how much someone could sell. Obviously, this is going to be needed for like Q3, because as we go on that growth journey, you know, if we have this tool at our disposal, which we do now, imagine if it's fully built out, what can we do? So imagine our head of growth or our salesperson finds this influence in Brazil, just puts the username in this platform and and in this software, and then we'll realize actually she has a potential of selling $700,000. He should probably get on a plane, go to Brazil and sign her. That's kind of like the way of thinking that we have. So tech is going to really enable us to be able to make those decisions fast and almost is a USP already in the business because we have really smart tech people in the business who can build these sort of products. Um, the way that works is just, so you know, So all social media platforms. If you partner up with them, which they, 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 they allow for, they let you pull the analytics of every, any person in the world. So technically we can see the analytics. I can search any influencer on Instagram today and see the demographics, see which brands they promote, see um, a bunch of data on them. And people don't know that, essentially, but you can do that if you build for it, you can. The reason they allow you to do that is because they want people to connect to the social media platforms via API to I guess, build on top of it because they want that. They want advertisers, marketeers, businesses to build on top of social media because that enables more things to happen on their platform. So they want this. They want people to sit and do this stuff. Hence why now, for example, we use Zendesk for customer service We can literally respond to comments on Instagram through our customer service software. People don't know that's possible. And that's, again, because they want to make it easier and easier for businesses to connect within social media to make things better for them and make them more valuable. And that's how the whole kind of like the world works in that capacity. So, yeah, tech is a very big focus. Obviously, as you know, tech is very hard. Developers are expensive. So we're currently on full throttle hiring. To be honest, uh, we're now have kind of hiring a lot of remote as well. We actually hired, a, actually, as I said, Brazil. It's funny, we actually hired, his name is Fernando. We hired a developer in Brazil. Um, it's probably the first time the company's taking like this next step of, like essentially, now we're hiring. As long as there's a five-hour time difference maximum, we're pretty much hiring anywhere in the world. Some roles need to be in office. Some need to be more in touching distance. But some can be isolated in a random place of the world. know two years ago if you ever asked me would I ever do that I would be like never ever everyone has to be in the office so it's because that's how I got trained and but the world has changed and I guess in the last year we've actually realized how to work remotely but there's lots of things you do lose as well when it comes to remote working but especially with younger uh, which a lot of people in my company are under 25 there's a lot of physical um, you know things that you learn being in person, um, which you miss out on. But yeah, you know, tech, we're hiring, we're full hand. If you're a developer, check out our website, lots of roles there. But you know, look, to move on from there. The very last thing, I guess, on my strategy this year is international growth. So part of our, I guess, growth and uh, is to actually set up satellite marketing offices. We have one in LA already. My plan is to spend Q3, Q4 out there, growing that team in LA and kind of making it more operational. So we can actually service and meet clients, to do more things. Obviously, LA is the heart of influencer world and it's something where we need to fully base ourselves. So I'm going to be focusing on that. So this year, a lot of my focus will be going out there, building that team out. Whilst we do that, we want to create other satellite offices around the world. So, you know, at the moment, if you're thinking if that's Miami or New York or is it Sweden? Is it Brazil? We want to create mini, mini offices, which if it's just one person working remotely, it'll be like, and then reporting into, like, our growth team, that's the idea. Essentially, to kind of spread the wings, because there are plenty of large clients for us sitting in separate locations. If you can start pulling them in, you know, um, it will start making, hopefully, this end of the year very good for us, going into next year. Part of this is that, you know, it's a knock-on effect when we sign clients. It's never going to be instant. It's like a three to six-month delay in getting a brand launched. So I guess the sooner we do that the sooner we'll get there. I guess yeah, I guess that that's my strategy. Pretty simple. Obviously we have a lot of we have we have the funding. Obviously all this funding is spent on all these different things. As you can probably see a lot of it's on hiring really. There's one thing I missed out is obviously we're building Genflow Studios within London. It was a plan to make it bigger first, but due to the nature of we're gonna have a flexible working policy. Not everyone's always going to be in the office. We're gonna have some remote people. We also now need to mm. Uh, you know, essentially, we have a budget and I've decided that I'm going to split it more to have more of an office in L.A. that so we're not going to build a place as big as I thought. I was looking at like 10, 15,000 square foot, basically, which is quite big. Now we're going to do a bit less um, just because the nature of not everyone's always going to be there. So, yeah, part of the strategy as well, I guess, where the money is going to be spent is um, the, the new office um, space. So yeah, I guess that's the plan this year. Hopefully um, you guys got some value from that. Um, Let's see how much of it I can get done. It's a lot of things to do. Hiring has probably been the biggest focus for me as of this moment right now to deliver this strategy. I think I hired, we hired five people yesterday. Just generally hiring, hiring, hiring at the moment. It's scary though because it's like, shit, we're going to start burning more and more cash. Now we're going to have to deliver. But it's like the little bet. I guess the advantage of raising money is that now you can afford to take that bet. So you know, can I go and spend, let's say, a million, and uh, what will happen? Right. That's the exciting part. Either either nothing happens, and uh, we lost a lot of money, and we're gonna have to figure out how to make more money, or something will happen, meaning that we'll sign some amazing clients, or we will grow some of our clients to some exponential points, um, and the rest. So I guess that that's what it is also. Just to, just to kind of finish off this episode with kind of what I've been working on. So a lot, a lot of focus for me on hiring um, over everything else. I guess previously I was focusing a lot more on like client strategy. Now it now has been more on this. Secondly, um, starting putting uh, things in place that will be needed as these people join. So one thing is hiring people. The second thing is actually prepping for them. So I'm trying to like prep as much as I can so when someone starts, they actually have a full thing to follow and get done so i think that's been my focus one other thing is getting um i'm getting it focusing more on our performance marketing like how much are we spending on ads what are the results why how can we scale it up again because we have the funds now i can put 50k ad spend from my own money into a client if we need it to be so i'm just kind of been sitting and working that out like how do i do that do we do it how much will it make modeling it out um, besides that is the day to day, you know, the, the meetings, um, with the team, with the clients, um, I have a board meeting coming up next week. Um, I need to prep for, so yeah, lots of things like that day to day. Um, but you know, you gotta love it essentially if you, because that's the kind of like the fun of it. It is long days at the moment. I pretty much don't know when a day starts or ends. It's, it's very non-stop. But at the same time, I do stop and think like how much we're still getting done and achieving fundamentally and that's when it's like okay you don't realize in the moment but essentially we are we have signed some amazing clients recently um which which is great i actually signed one out here in dubai whilst i've been here so it's been a huge plus being out here because it would not have been possible if i wasn't here so i think sometimes some things are meant to be but yeah hope you like this episode um you know it'd be great if you can drop a review i know some people have been sharing it with me on instagram which is great and yeah let me know if you're you thought of this episode what you think of my strategy you know if you want to share yours um, go ahead and do so you can message me and hopefully this gives you i guess the insight into how you should be thinking about your business and uh, you know whatever you want to get done is really up to you that's what i would say as a last thing like as big as you want as most as you want you know don't get don't get overwhelmed don't get worried just focus on what am I, what do I want to do? You don't even really need to even tell anybody, you just sit and start doing it. That, that's simply as it is. Um, but yeah, anyway, hope you liked this episode. My name is Sean. Hit me up on Instagram, sean.hanif, if you want to speak to me. Anyways, I'll see you in the next episode. Thanks guys.